Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 460 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. This week it is two is greater than one. And joining me via Zoom, my good buddy Tyler Heath Hatton. And Heath, uh, I, I can't, you know, and I don't know how deep in the woods we want to go here, but over the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of local, you know, local to Southern Illinois, uh, independent wrestling talk going on and we're seeing some new companies emerge which begs the question what's going on with stride pro wrestling uh you know um you know it's uh the more wrestling companies i i feel like out there we've talked before Mm -hmm. i feel like the better Mm -hmm. so um you know I, i think it gives more people a place to work um you know i've had uh you know, a lot of people reach out and, and ask and, and, you know, basically I'm going to, I'm going to Cody Rhodes it, you know, and, and kind of give a, a Cody Rhodes answer. Um, it, it was honestly just time for stride to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't there. You weren't there anymore. Um, Sam wasn't there, you know, uh, and it, it was just time, um, you know, and, and I felt like stride, was always going to be attached to my name, no matter what. Right. Uh, yeah. People just, when they, no matter what it was, and, and regardless uh, of what people say or what people think, you know, uh, I'm not a vindictive person. And so I don't feel like it was really ever going to be fair to anybody else that that took that over because it was always going to be, um, uh, you know, attached to, to my name. Um, you know, uh I started Stride for one reason and one reason only. I'd like to sit up here and and be super baby face and say I started it to give the fans at Southern Illinois a, a wrestling, and that wasn't it. We we talked probably fifty times on here. Uh, Stride was started because there was another company running here, and they wouldn't book my friends. So that's the only reason that Stride was ever started. I wanted to give my friends a place to wrestle close to home whenever they wanted. I wanted to give them a building they could go to whenever they wanted. And I wanted them to have a place to where they could wrestle and get home and see their family, especially me. You know, I I had just came off of, you know, traveling every weekend gone and, and I, and that's what I wanted. Um, and, um, you know, and, my daughter's gotten older and I, I couldn't do it. Um, a lot of people don't know this. I've never said it publicly. Um, I got offered um, back in, in May, um, I got offered $5,000 for, for stride. 
Um, somebody offered to pay me $5,000. Um, I, I turned it down. Um, I, I can send this, the screenshots. Um, they sent back and they, they offered me $8,000. Wow. For Stripe. Um, they, they, and basically they just wanted all the stuff and everything. Most people don't know this. I, I never sold Stride. I never really felt like there was anything to sell. I mean, honestly, you own different parts of it. Sam owned different parts of it. I own different parts of it. Um, Red Daniels owned different parts of it. Uh, it was kind of a, a just a community of me and all my friends. Right. And I wanted it, like I said, going back, that's why I started Stride, was to give my friends. Um in real life, you know me, people know me. I'm a very loyal, so I'm just, I take pride in being a good friend, being loyal, um, being there for, for people I care about. If you trained under me or you wrestled for me, I just, I went to bat for you. I, I got more pleasure out of seeing you succeed than I did myself. Sure. That is not a good quality to have in professional wrestling. It's just, right. it's not. Right. You have to you have to have an ego. You have to be self-centered a little bit. You kind of have, you know, a lot of times guys backstab and I never fit into that mold. And, and that's not me saying anything that, that I, I don't fit into that mold. Right. Um, and I felt like I wanted stride to stay that way. Um, and, and with that being said, also. As a booker. I got more exciting, excited booking for other people. Um, if I was champ, I was finding a way to book myself out of that. Mm -hmm. If I was in the main event, I was finding a way to book myself out of that. I mean, I booked myself to be in a tag team with a news anchor. You know, I mean, I was constantly trying to find different ways, you know, um, you know, to, to put other people over. I can remember me and Billy Hills arguing because I was champ and he wanted me to pin him and I didn't want to pin him. Mm -hmm. uh, and same thing we just talked about, you know, like with you, I, I didn't tell you I was going to pin you. I, I was very much, I like telling stories for other people. Um, and I don't feel like that was happening anymore. That, that And that's, that's the way the wrestling is. Most of the time you go to a booker, it's their way or the highway. It's their story. Yeah. what they want you don't get a say and a lot of guys want that you know do that and i wasn't that way it was i was going to talk i was going to take your idea so that wasn't you know going on anymore um and then also you know just um different philosophies people just have different philosophies different way that things are going to be ran and there is nothing wrong with that i have no heat no problem I've been backstabbed and lied to before I've been, things have been said about me before that weren't true. I don't hold grudges. Um, and I want to see people succeed, but it's not the way I envision stride. And I didn't want to see it be any other way. I could have sold it and made money. Mm -hmm. I didn't, but I felt it was just better. You know what? Let somebody else do something. Let them do their own way. There's a lot of rumors people have said, um, that just frankly aren't true. You know, I, I, there was never a, a LLC and <laughs> there was never anything where I was being cut out. Uh, I was, I was very helpful. I yeah. mean, me and you both, how many times in the last three months did me and you call trying to find a building? 
for yeah. for you know stride to stay. Sure. I mean, I I actually went and, and looked at one and talked to a guy. So there, there was never anything bitter or anything like th- those are just made up stories. Um, uh, but we wish everybody well. Um, you know, stride. I still I have two school shows I'm going to be doing that that I had booked, uh, and I'm going to run it under stride. Um, you know, so that I that I had already in the pipeline. So that's it. You know, there, there's no drama. There's no nothing. Just you know, sometimes. You know, you uh, you have different philosophies. You see things differently than other people. Some people don't view you the same way as a friend or what as you view them. It's just you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, there and and that's what happened with Stride. So I wanted to kind of clear the air. I've had so many people message me and call. I've had wrestlers call me and tell me they're loyal to me. They won't work for other companies. That's not. Yeah. You know, I, I wish everybody well. I really hope, you know, we offered to to promote their show on the stride page. You know, yeah. I will do anything I can. to. I love professional wrestling. So I want to see everybody succeed um, no matter what company it is. I mean, we're talking about launching a my one, two, three cents wrestling company, <laughs> you know, where, you know, you, you already asked to order a championship belt. You're going to be the champ. <laughs> yes. Chad's going to be the, intercontinental champ and you know so i mean we wish everybody well it just it it wasn't working out my views are my views right or wrong they they might be wrong and they very well could be my formula is what worked for stride somebody else needs to find a new a new formula and and see if that works for them and and we wish them all all the best um you know no hard feelings. You know, I, I, I view things differently in the wrestling world. You know, when I made a mistake, I called and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake, you know, and, and I, that's not a good quality. Like I said, that that's not a good quality to have in wrestling. And, um, and it's always got me a few times. And, but, you know, I, I have no regrets in the way that I've done stride, the way I've handled myself in wrestling. It's got me to go a lot of cool places. I mean, look at this mark behind me, you know, look at all that, that stuff. And, and, you know, um, so kudos to stride. Um, it, it was a great run. It was a great run. Seven plus years, uh, hundreds, over a hundred thousand dollars raised for charities. Um, lots of good things that came out of stride, the friendships that came about. And, and again, I'm eternally grateful to have been just to do the announcing was one thing, but then, the other aspects and actually getting in the ring a handful of more times too uh, was something that I'll never forget. And people still ask me about to this day. So, um, you know, we, we had talked about doing this a while back and, and we're going to kind of do like an all time uh, stride top 10, if you will. And we put it out there on the stride pro wrestling Facebook page, which we will keep active. Tyler and I will post on it from time to time. So uh, continue to follow and, and, and stick around there. And, and Tyler mentioned a couple of school fundraisers coming up. So, check that page for more information on those events as well. But you want to, you want to start us off with your number 10 and, and again, so, yeah, so this becomes hard because, you know, it's easier when I do a, a, a list of, of, you know, wrestlers that I've never met that I've not been friends with that I've not shared the ring with or been in the locker room with. So this is going to be challenging and I, I'm going to put it out on, on, for, on my behalf and I'm sure Tyler feels the same way. Again, this is no, you know, this is like trying to pick a, a favorite kid in some instances because there were so many great talents that came through Stride and that were part of Stride. So, you know, 
there's nothing personal on on my list at all. I'm not overlooking anyone intentionally or or keeping anyone off. Lots of great talent that was there that worked hard to train, especially the trainees that came through. Uh, kudos to all of them as well. I I always felt like I feel like this now with Stride. I feel like there's two different levels to me for Stride. Mm -hmm. uh, there is pre-COVID and post-COVID. I feel like the roster pre-COVID was completely different than the roster post-COVID. So my list was very difficult because like even talking to like different people about their list and people that message me or text, they were like, oh, this person. And I'm like, well, and I'd say this person, they'd be like, well, you know, you know, like a Peyton Ayers or, you know, whatever that, that they didn't have pre, but was such a great talent and such a top talent, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, I'll get started. Yeah. Um, first off, before I even hit my list, guys like Farmer Billy Hills, Chris Hargis, Josh Totten, Stephen Davis, Joey O'Reilly, Jay Wellington Beauregard, A.T. Brooks, Scott Phoenix, Shane Rich. Those are guys that didn't make my list, but are so important to the success of Stride. Like I look at, you know, back in the in the 90s, you know, like the Val Venuses and the Gold Dust and the Xbox and even the Edge and Christians, they were crucial to the success of, of WWF beating WCW in the in the war. You know, so those guys, like again, um, you know, Farmer Billy Hills is pretty much he was the guy I was trying to get booked for the other company that he wouldn't let me bring in. So getting starting stride i mean really he he was probably the the one guy that i wanted to book so um and then also i hate to say this but i didn't put you as a top 10 wrestler uh, of, well, of stride I um, some people did uh, no <laughs> um and so uh but no like you and sam you know i mean i kind of felt like me you sam and red daniels were like the four horsemen where <laughs> we you know where we did so much behind the scenes for so many years. I mean, without you running the stride page and promoting, and I mean, just, you know, when you weren't at a stride show, it sucked, you know, because I had to do everything that like you had, you, you just handled so much stuff that, you know, promoting the next show and leading up to matches and, and you know, you handled all that, that I didn't have to. And then Sam doing a lot of the, you know, taking pictures of the talent and helping Jim with the music and, and all that. So all those are just, they were crucial. Like, the, you know, they, they, there wasn't a person that wasn't. Um, but my number 10, uh, I had Jerry Travelstead as number 10 on my list. Um, I think one of my favorite matches was, was him and his kids uh, versus Dexter Roswell. Um, that was probably one of my favorite matches uh, that Stride ever had. I really, I got to produce that match, I guess, produce. Uh, I got to help put it together and, uh, and lay it out and, you know, putting Jerry through a, to a, through a table and then, and then Dexter adding what he thought the kids could do. Um, I really enjoyed that, but I felt like two or four shows put us on the map. Mm -hmm. We were doing really good at the mall, but that was like our spectacle, you know, our spectacular and, and doing the legacy ladder match and, just uh and the first real story i feel like that captivated everybody was tony flood and the mask with jerry travelstead and like so i think uh jerry was you know 
he wasn't a teacher. He actually came and learned how to wrestle. He trained. Yeah. He came to the school and trained. He went on the road. He worked for Burt Prentice. He came and tagged with me there. He came to stride. He learned how to wrestle, and he was a draw. People paid to see him. There was T-Dog shirts everywhere. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm very thankful for, for him. And, and he learned how to wrestle, and he understood. He he had watched wrestling long enough, and he knew how to tell a story, and he knew how to entertain. Yeah, I Jerry is my number 10 as well. And he, huh. he was, like you said, all of those things that you said. But I always felt like when we did a show in Pinckneyville, he did that extra for it, you know, with with kind of the Titantron-esque entrances. Um, the night that I wrestled Roger, he had the, the band kids playing the, you know, Roger had that really cool entrance. Um, and then last year when, when Jerry had his last match, it, it was the night of the casket match with you and cash, but, but, uh, Jerry and, and Tony did, a uh, <clears throat> three falls, uh, and each fall had a different stipulation, you know, and it, he always was very meticulous and, and doing extra and, and not just for himself and his matches, which was, was part of it. But, you know, like I said, the construction of that casket for the casket match and, and those extra things that he did, uh, and and very philanthrop philanthropical in his approach as well, wanting to give back and raise money for storm victims or raise money for uh, you know programs at his school and in his community. So giving back was a big part of 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 him, and and I appreciated that as well. Uh, my number nine is uh, Dexter Roswell. Um, D Dexter Roswell, the the political character. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really feel like nothing take away from him. He brought that character to life. That was probably my my Undertaker character. You know, I, I came up with that at practice. I really wanted uh, him. You know, he was wrestling under a different persona that we were able to bring later on. But I felt like that didn't fit him. You know, I didn't fit didn't fit his personality. He wasn't able to dig into that character. And people, you know, come on, people, you know, they they weren't buying that. And I came up, you know, Donald Trump was, was running for office. And, and I, I just, I got that idea of, you know, of him and, and, um, and he played it perfect. And, you know, I had told just the other day, I was talking to, to Red Daniels and I told him, I felt like Dexter Roswell and Brian Richards could have took that show on the road. And yeah. some of the best stories we ever told were with them two playing off each other. Um, and not to take away from the bloody Dexter character, yeah. um, I, I I never, uh, I never understood that character. Like I, I never under you know I tried my best to tell a story with it. The presentation was awesome, you know, just a great pre. When he walks out, you're like, well, that's awesome. But as far as what the character is, uh, you know, it was it could never be explained to me. But the Dexter Roswell political character, it was just some of the best stuff i mean that was like you know i, I loved it I, I loved all the stuff there the dr party it was the matches like i said with jerry um it was just it was a really good character and it was a lot of fun to book and, and you know to bounce that stuff not you know off brian richards and off, off everybody that was in the dr party you know and and you know scott phoenix coming in and them having a tag team run and it was just uh it was a lot of fun to, to tell that story with, with, uh, with the DR party. It was as far as character wise and development wise, it was the best character 
and persona that I think came out of the Stride Pro Wrestling School, you know, by far. I agree. And, and and Dexter's on my list too, but he's number seven on, on, on mine, but all for the same reasons that you mentioned, I, I loved that early incarnation of it. And I think it also, that evolution, you know, like, especially the guys that were coming in because stride was very unique in that we had a group of established independent wrestlers that were coming in that some that had worked on a much bigger stage, obviously. And then others that were, you know, green, green as grass and coming in and training. And, and Dexter was one of those as Luke Chambers in those early days. Um, and then it was something, it was, and I remember it very distinctly. It was the December 2016 stride show that, and, you know, this was a month after Trump was elected. Um, and I know that the character was, you know, was in development and whatnot, but that music would hit and, you know, introducing him from Springfield and as a politician and folks here in Southern Illinois, uh, don't take very kindly to Springfield and, and, and to politicians and politics. So it was like a natural heel coming out there and he was smug and, and cocky. And then the DR party kind of growing and, and whatnot. It was, it was a fun journey to watch it. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, too far off on, on your thoughts with the bloody Dexter again, presentation was great, but there were times that I, I wondered, you know, and, and then I did like when he was interspersing and, and doing Luke Chambers one month and then he'd come out as Dexter, you know, the politician and then as as Dexter, as Bloody Dexter. So uh, a cool look and, and whatnot. And I know uh, that uh, those suits and stuff uh, can't be easy to wrestle in, but I, I feel like uh, that was a character, like you said, that was one of those originals, a uh, stride original, if you will. Um, and I, I thought that it was really good. But my number nine, I guess I should say my number nine, um, I went with a tag team and I kind of stole the idea from someone else, but I went with the Sin City Saints of Jay Spade and and Tony Flood. And I could argue that both of these guys belong on this list as singles as well. And and Jay may be on, on yours. Uh, I did them as a tag team though. And, and I would also, you know, I could rotate uh, Dalton Anthony in there too, because the wrestling buddies of, of Spade and, and uh, uh, Dalton were the longest reigning Stride Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Uh, again, this was kind of that post-COVID era of Stride, but again, they were they worked well together. But I thought that Spade and Flood worked, you know, they did their their feud early on in Stride, and then they came together as a tag team. And, and you and I, of course, had our match with them. But uh, there was something about when I think of great tag teams coming out of Stride, Sin City Saints, because Stride wasn't uh, necessarily a quote-unquote tag team territory, but with the with Spade and Flood uh, in there as a team, I really, really liked what they did. Yeah, and I mean, and they put us over, you know, a couple of times, so that that always helps, you know. I mean, they were, you know, able to pull something out of you, you know, um, and so, uh, but no, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely agree. I, I'm not going to talk, talk about them. They're on my list, so I'll talk about them okay. more. Um, individually but as a tag team they, they were great um yeah. my number eight uh, i had riser uh, as my number eight um you know uh certain people like uh like i me uh, i learned this um at wwe uh, william regal has said this one time there are people that hit moves and they know how to hit moves and then there's people that know how to wrestle riser knew how to wrestle mm-hmm and what I mean by that is, like, he understood how to tell a story in the ring. He understood how to listen to a crowd, and he knew 
like how, when to hit moves. It's like John Cena. John Cena is not the best technical wrestler. And I'm not comparing Riser to John right. Cena. So calm down, Hunter Woodworth, you know? So um, like, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, is um, just certain people understand. I wouldn't say I'm a great technical wrestler, but I always knew how to listen to a crowd. And I always knew like, okay, how to get a reaction. And and that's why I was always able to get booked. And so Riser was that way. Like everywhere he went, people moved him up the card fast. You know, I mean, SICW was begging to have him come in um, because he just understood how to wrestle. He understood how to get a reaction out of a crowd. And um, when we started making this list, I have a notebook that I kept. And when I first started Stride, I was completely stupid and clueless. But I wanted to be able to prove to people. So I kept a track of the main event stories and who, you know, the crowd sizes and how much money we profited or how much, you know, this. And um, and I quit um, right after uh, COVID. And I wish I would have kept it going, but I really didn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, and anyway, um, Riser produced money. When he was at the top, he was a champ that produced money. People paid to see him and, uh, you know, and, and he trained at the school and he just got it. And, and, and I, I think the world of him, not only as a wrestler, but as a person, yeah. but he, you know, he was in me and your storyline, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he was, he was fantastic. I mean, he absolutely, uh, he got it and he understood. And, and I think he's, you know, one of the, one of the greats that ever came through stride. I'm going to save him because he's later on my list, uh, but okay. my number eight is Peyton Ayers. And I know that you uh, talked about pre and post COVID and I-, I felt like Peyton came in and, and in the beginning, you know, he was kind of that heater for riser um, and was not, uh, I-, I wasn't sure, you know, where he was going to go. He was another big guy, but you know, I-, I guess I'm combining some of that Peyton Ayers, the person who, Peyton is his real name um, versus uh, the the wrestler as well. And, you know, over the past, you know, saw him kind of growing and developing and getting in there with guys like Shane Rich and with you and with Roger Mathis and Axel, you know, these guys all helped him along the way. And I think that he's one of those guys, like you said, that sponge that absorbed it and and took with it and and came in there Um, probably, you know, behind the scenes, very soft spoken uh, teddy bear like, um, not, and I know he was trying to, to, to come off as this nasty heel, uh, bad guy and, and putting Sam with him as the mouthpiece there for a little bit was, was good. But, um, I just witnessing him kind of grow and develop and, and get it, uh, was fun for me. And so I, I always, uh, have time for him and, and think that he is, uh, a really was always a great addition. And, and I, and watching him, he's one of those that, like you said, uh, he came here and trained, and then you see him. And I know he worked some in, in Cape as well, but he's he's expanded. He's up at SICW. He's you know going south and wrestling with uh, Golden Boys promotion and and doing things all all over the kind of Midwest, you know this this area. So I I, I am happy and, and proud of his success. Proud for his success. So so he's my number seven. So okay. I'll just go ahead and keep it rolling with 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 Peyton. Um, I, I will, I will say this, um, and, and this is not an insult to anybody else because there's some greats. I feel like Peyton is 
the best trainee to ever come through stride. Um, and, and what I mean by that is he has it all, the height, the weight, the look, but he also understands how to wrestle. Yeah. And he has, he's the nicest guy in the world. I've never heard him say a bad thing in the, you know, in the world ever. I mean, just, okay, yes. What do you need? I mean, like, you know, the kid still sends me videos and stuff for me to watch and, you know, and just feedback and, and, and what I think. And, you know, uh, he is somebody who I feel like, and I really believe this, um, he'll get the WWE one day. Mm. Will he get signed? Will he, will he make, you know, I don't know, but he'll be there. He'll get to do extra work, but he'll get a look because he's a good looking kid and he understands wrestling, but also like has no arrogance about him. So many guys and a lot, they have egos when they shouldn't have egos. I mean, me and Axe all were, had an hour conversation the other night about guys that are just, you know, it's, I would rather work with a guy who's not as talented, but humble and great than to work with a guy who has an ego mm -hmm. and is not that, you know, is not that good. You know, I mean, if you're not that good and you have no ego, I could work with you. But if I mean, there's so many guys that you, that they have egos and you're like, not even any good, you know, um, yeah. Peyton's not that way. He is just, he's humble. I mean, he is just the humblest guy and he has talent and, and he's just, he gets it. He understands it. He has a work ethic, you know, he works his butt off. And like you said, he's getting booked other places. You know, that was always, he's getting paid to work other places. That's always a big thing. I was never that guy that was going to drive three or four hours for $20. It was just never going to happen. You were going to pay me or I wasn't going to go because I, I couldn't take money away from my family. Peyton's getting paid yeah. to wrestle, which is tells you a lot about him, you know? So yeah, he was my number seven and well, yours my, was Dexter. Yeah. My number seven was Dexter. Yep. So, and we talked about him. Uh, my number six is Jay Spade. Okay. Um, yes. I went Jay Spade. Um, Again, somebody who I'm just partial to, you know, I mean, just regardless, I mean, my early days driving to Olney, um, anytime WWE brought me in for, for my private tryouts or whatever, I messaged Spade and we met up and wrestled. Because as far as wrestling, there's not too many people better as far as just taking moves, selling and stuff. And yeah. some of the best stories at AAPW – you know, yeah. him and Carnage, you know, um, he was involved in your thing with, with, with Mike Masters. Yeah. You know, he's so versatile. He can do whatever. Him and, like you said, him and Dalton Anthony, the wrestling buddies, their backstage stuff we did during COVID was hilarious yeah. and just and, and funny. You know, it was just great. Um, and, you know, him and Roger, believe it or not, him and Roger's feud, um, drew a lot of money for the company. Looking back at the at the form and, and the book, um, they drew a lot of money. They they really produced. That was a great story. It was a great underdog story. Um, he he drew a lot of money for the company uh, when he was at the top, and he was in tag teams. He did a lot of you know he wore a mask, and and I mean he just did a lot of things, um, and he never questioned it. He never. You have guys that would get aggravated about stuff. He never did. He just trusted me. Okay, that sounds great. Let's do it. Um, and he's just—he's been a friend of mine since the day I walked in wrestling, you know. And and you know, so I, I'm very, like I said, I'm loyal, and, yeah. and 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 I think I just think the world of. Him. 
Well, and I, as I mentioned, Spade was on my list in the tag team division, but all the things that you said, and I'll throw out this as well. I think it takes a very talented person to be able to successfully play a heel and a face. And Spade is one of those guys. It's a short list of guys on, on the independent scene that I've seen that is able to do it. And even, even, you know, in, in WWE or, or WCW or AEW, you know, on, on the national stage, to me, it, it's a talent to be able to play both sides of the fence effectively and do it well. And I thought that Spade always did. I loved his chicken shit heel stuff when when he and Tony were were the Sin City Saints. And yep. that underdog baby face that was fighting that, I you know, you never, you very rarely clued me in on, on what was going to happen. And, and when, when Spade won the, the heavyweight title from Roger, you know, I mean, I was... Li- Happy for him, surprised, and it was one of those things that it was like, this is the true success of an underdog story. You know, he he worked hard, uh, you know, in the tag team stuff with with Joey O'Reilly early on when when Stride first started, and then when when Joey left and and he kind of worked on his own and and worked his way to that championship, and then feuded back and forth with Tony, and then forming the team with him, and then the team eventually with Dalton. It was all good stuff, and and you know. You guys, anytime I felt like we were in a pinch for something uh, or we were doing a fundraiser show and it wasn't necessarily storyline driven, we throw the two of you in there against each other and it, it made magic every single time. So, yeah, Spade, definitely uh, a versatile uh, part of and, and one of the MVPs of, of Stride, in my opinion, as well. So good, good pick there. Uh, my number six was, uh, let's see, where Red Daniels. Um, Again, one of those early, actually the first uh, graduate of the Stride Academy. Uh, I think him and Frank Edwards kind of went through and, and graduated together. But Red was one of those guys that you could always rely on. He he was into it. You know, he and I would talk about marketing things and promotional things and things that we could do. Um, it was his idea, or I don't know if it was his idea, but he and I worked together on the very first part of the YouTube channel early on when we were still out at the mall, uh, he would come we would meet at the mall and he would bring his laptop and have matches on there. And then I would voice them over for commentary, just trying, trying to do something different to put stride out there. Um, and again, this was like circa 2017, maybe 2018, uh, you know, and again, that behind the scenes work that, that people don't see, you know, he was, he was integral in all of that. Um, and he, the fans loved him. You know, he was a Carterville guy. Um, he worked a, a, as a face and a heel. I think that he was more uh, effective as a, as a good guy. The fans loved him. Um, and those pops that he would get that night, he came back at Stridiversary in 2019, I think it was, and, and cashed in and, and won the belt. Um, you know, those are great memories that uh, will last forever. And, and I think that... Uh, he should be proud of his body of work and, and what he did to go on and, and help others train and, and kind of pass that torch, so to speak. And I'll talk, I got him later on. So I'll talk about him okay. later. Um, number five, I got Roger Mathis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had Roger um, just, you know, uh, it should be known that um, when you wrestle Roger, you know, you're in a cage with him. Anytime, and I always tell this story, like, when you're in the ring with Roger, number one, like, if he wanted to, he could kill you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, he if, if he wanted to, 
he could legit kill you. And so you have that, you know, that that's in the back of your mind. Um, now, would he? No, I mean, he is the honestly. Uh, I know there's different opinions on different. He's just he's a sweetheart. I mean, yeah. he is, you know, and I mean, people say that about Brock Lesnar and people say that he's a jerk. To me, Roger's a sweetheart. I just, I just, he is. And, um, and so, uh, but anyway, just, man, no matter what you gave him, he could play. When we needed him to be the monster, obviously, he could play that part. We needed him to put over a news anchor. He could play that part. We needed him to, you know, beat up your 12-year-old daughter that <laughs> the internet loved. You know, he could do it. You know, and, and I mean, no matter what we gave him, he could do it. And um, and he was always receptive. I mean, so many times he would do things I didn't like. And I could call him and have a conversation. He might see your point, boss. If it was sale, you know, I'm sorry. Um, and and he was just talented. And he had a lot of good runs as champ. Um, and, and he just, you know, one of my personal favorite matches of all time was a TLC match. So um, that was one of my favorite matches that I ever had. Um, we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and then, um, you know, just me and him got to go to South Bend to Hargis's or Hargis Hagstrom's place and, and wrestle together up, you know, in South Bend. And I just, you know, he, he is just one of those guys that, um, no matter what you did, you, he could do anything. And, and it was always believable because I mean, now today he's at a jujitsu tournament. He's probably going to get first. He's, Mm-hmm. more than likely going to kill somebody you know i mean so uh i mean it's just when you have somebody that is legit you know um that you know to me it takes talent you know to where if i punched him in real life it's not gonna hurt him but in a wrestling ring when i punch him he he would sell it and he would and he would you know do that for me and that goes a long way you know when you have guys that will do that for you so yeah he was my number five He's my number five as well. And, you know, when, when you talked about the match, um, I don't know if I've ever told this story. I mean, because this was in 2018. So Stride was two years old. Um, and Roger was, I, I, I don't think Roger was an original, like he wasn't at the first couple of shows, but he eventually was there. And I remember just very like, because again, he's this big brooding guy and, and I'm pretty introverted believe it or not and so i i i have trouble warming up to people and 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 that's something on on my end but i you know i never really approached him much in the locker room and and also being the ring announcer i'm only in the locker room at the very beginning you know before the show starts and then at the end when the show is over so i don't have a whole lot of time to interact and and talk to some of the wrestlers if i didn't know them from aapw then I didn't, you know, really know them that well. So Roger was one of those guys. And I always thought that he, you know, like you said, he, he didn't like me. He was, you know, whatever. And then when we did this angle and, and when, when my wife volunteered our daughter to be the one that gets power slammed by him, I couldn't think of, you know, there's very few people on that roster um, at any time that I would have trusted with that. And and obviously he was one of them and we talked about it and and he explained it to her and showed her what was going to happen. But um, I, I did, I was scared in, in, in that match. Not that I thought that he was going to snap and, and kill me, but someone, um, did tell me, here's a safe word. If you feel like you are in danger, shout this and I will help. And, and I, again, I'm not going to go into the details, but 
I, I, I was not a hundred percent convinced that, you know, he wasn't going to kill me until it was all over with. And then we got backstage and, and, and again, sweetheart of a guy and, and getting to know him even better than after that. I feel like we bonded through that whole experience on, on my end, at least. So, um, and we would talk, he, he's been over here. We've done a podcast over here before uh, sharing a beer and, and doing things like that. So uh, again, a, a legit tough guy, a family man and, and someone who I, I felt like uh, also knew the time was right for him to walk away and try something different. And, and he did that as well. So lots of love and respect for Roger, for sure. Uh, my number uh, four is Tony Flood. Um, you know, t- Tony Flood is, is somebody who um, just, I think it's a fantastic worker, you know, just a really good wrestler, a really good worker. Some of my favorite uh, stories that I ever told uh, were with him. Um, you know, the, the largest gate that Stride ever had, you know, school shows and stuff, they don't count because the school got that money. Yeah. The largest gate Stride ever had was Strideversary with, uh, with me and Flood um, as Iron Man. Um, we made the most money that's ever, ever been made at, at Stride. Um, and I mean, that was a, you know, I hate to use the word stone cold, the shoot sell out. Um, and, and me and Tony had, you know, um, I, I remember we were at 204 school and, and Jerry was in the, in the main event and me and Tony wrestled and we were just middle car. We were actually doing something for the legacy. It was something where me and him, neither one had nothing going on and we went and wrestled and we just, and we got done and, and Jerry goes, you guys should have been the, the main event. And I mean, we were just goofing off out there. Um, Tony was one of those guys. We never had to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. I knew what he wanted to do. He knew what I wanted to do. We would just talk. I mean, we we never planned out spots. I mean, the Iron Man, I probably still have the sheet. We maybe had four things planned, mm-hmm. five things planned yeah. and, and for the Iron Man. And the rest of it, we just called. We knew each other. Um, I think he respected me and what I could do. And I respected him. Um, I always, you know, wanted to put him over. He always wanted to put me over and we just, we clicked. And, and I, I mean, he, as far as wrestling wise, I mean, just, there's not too many that, that are better. And just, I, you know, I loved working with him, you know, I mean, I'd work him any day of the week. Um, you know, uh, I know, uh, he left, you know, stride on some bad terms and, you know, I hate it because, uh, you know, I did, I, you know, I considered him a friend, you yeah. know, and, um and and, you know just um and but you know other things happen we talked about that earlier and but as far as as talent if anybody called and ever asked about tony i'd recommend him you know he's fantastic and he was crucial some of the best stories at stride was the mask him getting fired just i mean uh no matter what i had him do he he made gold out of it him and jerry's stuff and and you know just I mean, crucial to the the foundation uh, of Stride. I agree, and like I said, I, I had him in with Spade as the tag team, and and uh, one thing that I always, when I think of Tony Flood, um, I think of that night at two hundred four school, and one of the nights that he wrestled Jerry, and it was the ladder match, and and I think you and Tony were also feuding at the time, um, but. Or it was a, it wasn't a ladder. It was like a Falls Count Anywhere match or a TLC. It was something. There was yeah. something was was out there. And Tony did that moonsault and caught his head on that ladder. And oh, I and I remember I, I was panicked. I and I I was legit panicked. And I ran and found you. And then you came out 
<laughs> and, and, and and you knew that Tony was okay. I, yeah, I don't know how you knew this, but you know, my, my thought was this match has got to stop. We got to get him to the hospital and everything else. And you were taunting him because <laughs> they eventually moved up to the to the ramp, and and Tony went through and. And that's how Jerry ended up winning the fall. But you're, I remember, I can still see, and this was before we were recording shows, but you're over there eating popcorn and just razzing Tony, giving him a hard time. And I remember thinking, my God, this guy is going to bleed to death. And, and, but he, you know, it all worked out and he eventually was, you know, he was fine, fine in the fact that he had to go and get stitches and might've had a concussion. But I just remember thinking that dude is tough. Um, and, 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 you know, getting in there and continuing on with a match, um, props and, and mad respect to him. And then of course the stuff we did in the tag team stuff was, was fun as well. So lots of respect for Tony flood as well. Um, who was your number four? My number four is, uh, probably in my opinion, I'm just thinking here, I, I think your greatest nemesis in stride pro wrestling, and that is cash Borden or cash. Um, Cash was there. I, I don't think he was there at the very, very beginning. He might not have been at the first show, but he was there early on with Dalton Anthony and and Dalton Anthony, Dalton Diamond, pardon me, and their tag team and and what they were doing. Um, I just there's something about Cash. I can't really put my finger on it because I'm not. I do not like hardcore wrestling. Quite honestly, it's not for me. You know, again, like I said earlier, everybody has their opinion and their taste, and for me, I never really got into that. But Cash came in with that hardcore mentality, but was able to cater it to our stride audience. Um, and there wasn't a lot of blood and guts and whatnot, but he would like the way he would take uh, a piece of paper and do like a paper cut in between your face, like those kinds of like, I think he gets the psychology of it all. I don't think I know he gets the psychology of wrestling and he can get in there and he can uh, hold that crowd in his hands and really just kind of, take everybody on a ride myself included as as someone that's watching and, and calling the show um and i don't know man there's just something about him that i've always thought was he had kind of that it factor and, and a creative mind and i know that there were times that you had to kind of pull the reins on him and say wait we can't do this or you know you can't do a promo with this in it or whatever but uh, again, one of those guys that gets it gets the marketing and the branding of that character and the the forgotten and and taking it to an, a new level. So, uh, lots of respect. So he was uh, so Cash is my number three. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, my favorite person to ever tell a story with um, because he is so creative. Yeah. You know, just um, you know, I, we talked about him one time on the podcast before, but uh, he. You know, we've always, he thought I didn't like him because he was a hardcore guy and all that. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm an introvert. You know, I, I, I don't really watch wrestling, you know, that much anymore. Uh, and I didn't really then. I would watch matches people would send me, but I wasn't into all the, uh, the other stuff. And um, when I became a wrestler, it was hard to watch it as a fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that, that too, I mean, I hate that, you know, now because I, I don't have that. But anyway, I had, um, you know, Cash, um, I watched him and I would watch him at Strictly Insane and he would just make me laugh, you know, because he was just, he was so, in, in, you know, he would be, you know, uh, he would, he does that thing where he throws his hands down and he screams and he looks to me like Sirius Black on Harry Potter when he's screaming into the thing. 
Yes. And, yeah. I, and, I could, and I could remember watching him one time and I said, he reminds me of Sirius Black on Harry Potter because he would scream like that. And then I would laugh and, you know, he'd be wrestling somebody and a fan would say something and he would turn and just say something snappy to him. And it's like he was always one step ahead, you know, and, and when you wrestled, it was he was always one step ahead. And he was just like, you know, he was one of those ones we'd be brawling and I would be thinking, roll me over. And then, he, you know, he'd roll me over and then I'd be like, I wish he'd bite me. And next thing I know, he's biting. You know, and I mean, just I never had to say it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was champ. He had all the belts, you know, at one time. He won every single belt. And we had a thing called cashing in. Um, and like you said, I had to rein him in. But that was the one thing I enjoyed about Stride. And I talked about it, you know, he was one of the ones that I had talked to that, uh, you know, he was struggling to get his ideas heard. Mm -hmm. uh, with me, you know, he would, can I put real gasoline on the coffin and set it on fire? <laughs> no, you cash, you can't burn me alive, you know, or, um, you know, it would be like, hey, I want to go out to this fan and I want to stab him in the leg with this knife, you know, and it's like, no, okay, let's, let's do this instead, you know, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but he would always have these really just outlandish ideas and he would always work with me on how to tone it down and make it family friendly. And I never doubted that he was going, you know, he, I'll tell you something about cash. He came up to me and he asked me if he could say the B word uh -huh. on the mic. He wanted to be, and that was just a respect that he showed me. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, respected guys like him that did that because um he you know he you know everybody came running up to me cash at the b word and he had got it approved he had came up and asked me if he could say it and you know i just i mean i, I love the guy to death i mean i just think if i had a wrestling show him on it you know i just i think he's i just think the world i think he's phenomenal um my number two is um red daniels so i put red daniels number two um I don't want to talk about myself, uh, and I did. I just so everybody knows I didn't put myself on this list. Um, I and that feeling so. Uh, I didn't want to put myself on there, um, and I, you know, you, you, you know, talking, you know, I was talking to Jerry Travelstead, and I told him. He said, you know, how would you not? I don't like talking. I just don't. I, 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 I didn't do this company for me, and and nothing about me. But um, what I'm getting at is, I when I was in the main event. And overall, I drew the most money and had the biggest crowd. And and that is, it's not talking about myself. That that is something that I've done everywhere. But number two was Red Daniels. Um, he drew uh, the most, the second the most money. He had the second biggest crowds when he was in the main event. Um, Red Daniels to me, I was always man. I was so mean to him um, because I. I thought he could get like Peyton and get to WWE or AEW. I thought he had that because he had charisma. Mm -hmm. He had more charisma than majority of anybody that I've ever wrestled with or seen wrestle. He just, you can't teach that certain guys just did not have charisma and they just, they were great workers, great, great wrestlers. What Dan lacked in wrestling ability or athletic ability, he made up in charisma. Mm -hmm. And like you said, for Stride and Southern Illinois, people loved him. Yeah. Like 
I, I have wrestled and I've been everywhere and I've done a lot of cool things in my life, but I've never heard a pop like he got at Stradiversary. It was insane. We've always talked. We live for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that I would hope to God that he still remembers. Like, I mean, I, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about that, you know, but I view wrestling differently. I mean, I watch wrestling documentaries and I cry sometimes because of my love for wrestling. And then I see somebody else love it. And I remember all that. And yeah. when I think about Dan getting that and having that buried alive match and just how phenomenal that was and that story was and him wrestling under a mask for a year and are, telling that are we story the cat out of the bag here. Yeah. We're letting the cat, I mean, the strides <laughs> done. And, and he sent me a, a picture of race masks the other day, but, oh, really? but you know, but, um, you know, uh, like I said, he just, he was, man, he was phenomenal. I mean, he just, um, and then training, I mean, he trained Savion Ayers. He trained Riser. He trained Will Power. I mean, he trained Gar- uh, Galloway, Bug Galloway, or Bug Gallows. And, and, you know, he trained all those guys. Um, and and Dalton Anthony, I mean, he was the, the main guy. I came in and yelled, but, you know, he pretty much did all of it. And just for stride. I felt like I needed somebody not named Heath Hatton because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to focus on my booking. I wanted to put myself in matches with Axe and, and Roger or Spade or Flood. And I wanted to put myself in matches with those guys and like not worry about the main event or worry. That, that way I could focus on telling stories for other people. And that's what I had envisioned. And when I made red that guy, man, he, he took it and, and he kept it up there and he, people paid to see him wrestle and people came and just to me, just, yeah, he, for as far as stride in the company, he, he's number, he's number two. To be, he was close to being number one, to be honest, you know, for me, but he was number two. Well, my number three, um, we talked about him earlier, but was riser or is riser. Um, for all the same reasons you talked about earlier, he just got it. He had the look. Um, I don't know. I, I think that he, you know, had, has a lot of potential. I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but, uh, I hope that he is able to continue to pursue this because I do think he was one of those guys that really got it and, and understood it. The only thing I would have maybe changed about him and, and let me bounce this off of you. I felt like when he was riser, you know, he was that minion for Wraith. Um, and then he kind of broke away from that and became a good guy. Why was there never a name change for him? You know, he wanted, he had a couple different options that I really liked. Um, he wanted to be like an athlete once, like a honey badger and like mm-hmm. wear like a letterman jacket. And I thought that kind of fit him. Unfortunately for riser, what happened was um, around the time we were discussing the change, mm-hmm. COVID happened. Oh, yeah. And and then he lived with his grandparents, and he didn't want to come and put them in danger. And um, and he was around them a lot. And and then after that, um, you know, uh, I think like a lot of people, myself included. Um, post COVID, it was just really hard for certain people to get back in the groove of wrestling. And I just think he kind of lost his, his passion a little bit, but the, that was the plan. So he was going to be the the honey badger. I probably still have the messages between them where we talked about it and, and, 
And I, I think, um, yeah, that was kind of the plan. And, um, and it just never, like I said, COVID kind of happened and, um, it, it never, you know, manifested and, and, and it just, and then he, I think he just kind of lost interest and really, I think it was in all honesty, I, I think he, he came just to wrestle for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it, it was kind of like you came to announce because you wanted to be loyal to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of riser came because I think he felt like he, he owed something to me. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, guys like that, that were just like, they're going to, they were going to be loyal to me regardless. And, and then once I kind of left, I think riser was just kind of like, ah, you know, I think he, I think he just lost his, his passion for it. And, and he didn't really care about the name change. Well, and I have a feeling my number two is your number one. And that is Axe Allward. Um, I love Axe. I, I, when my kids were little and my oldest now is 23, my middle is 22. They had to have been, it was right after we moved to Southern Illinois and we've been here almost 20 years. So they were little. We went to a show. It was an AAPW show in um, West Frankfurt and Axe and Gaylord were there. And those guys stood out. And I remember the kids were like, you know, cause Axe was being Axe. And so we went up to the ramp, uh, to the guardrails and they mouthed the kids and stuff. It, we had just had a blast. And I remembered from that time. And then of course, seeing him at a few other shows before getting to know him in AAPW. And then of course that was all, you know, getting to know him. But then with stride, I just feel like, you know, he was the first champion. And I think that surprised a lot of people because it was a four way and, and you and, and Tony flood and, and Frank Wyatt were a part of that. I think everybody thought, not every the people that knew the intricacies of stride that, that you were going to walk out. Cause I didn't know that night who was coming out as champion. So, um, and then he just, and he's another one of those guys. I, I think he was always better as a bad guy. And I think he would admit that as well. But uh, you know, the ta- the time that you guys teamed together, um, at, it, that was a fun part of stride as well. You feuded with the, the DR party that we talked about earlier and just, uh, his stuff with Roger and teaming up with Roger and, and wrestling against Roger and kind of being that that bad guy that you know would cower down and had a big mouth and you know he was with Jay Wellington Beauregard for a while and I think those two worked together so well so I think that uh, you know Axe definitely um, at one point was was that that face that ran the place so to speak and and I just. And he's got that old school mentality that I love too. And you see it in his matches, you see it in his promos. And then behind the scenes when we would talk and he was one that I would sit down and, and talk to from time to time. And just, just to get his perspective was always fun for me. Um, yeah. So actually my number one. So um, this is, you know, this is the honest to God truth. Um, and, and I, I swear um, on, on, on everything I can swear on. Um, and I, and I really, truly believe, believe this. Um, I think Axe Allward is the greatest wrestler I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, you know, I, um, and this, you know, obviously as a kid growing up, my favorite was Triple H. Um, but however, if somebody came to me, if God came to me and said, you could have one more wrestling match against anybody and then you're done. 
past, present, dead, alive, I would choose Axe. Hmm. Uh, and that's honest to God truth. I mean, I would choose him over Ric Flair, over Triple H, over Ho- – I mean, I, I honestly would. Um, I Not only is he an amazing wrestler, uh, he's an amazing human being. Yes. Um, you know, my, my fate – you know, me and him had – an amazing false count anywhere match uh, that he says is his favorite at West Frankfurt of all time. Um, and we had some really good matches, even for APW. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you a funny story about Axe. Um, me and Daniel Eads was going to SICW one time and uh, we had, I believe we had a blowout. We had to change the tire. Then there was traffic and then we hit a train. And uh, me and Axe was semi-main. Mm-hmm. And we had to do a 15-minute um, Broadway um, that was uh, – no, it was 20 minutes. We had to do a 20-minute time limit draw. <laughs> We're at the train station, and uh, Daniel was working Flash in the main event. And, and, uh, and I was working Axe in the semi-main. This is how long we sat in construction – I got in the passenger seat and changed and put on my wrestling gear. <laughs> I was able to then change and get in the driver's seat and Daniel Eads changed into his wrestling gear. We got there. As I'm pulling in, Herb Simmons is opening the door, waving me in. I'm coming in. As I'm walking in, I'm rubbing baby oil on me. <laughs> and didn't stretch, didn't nothing. Axe is waiting by the entrance. His music is playing. I'm walking up. He turns around. I or you know they used to email you the booking sheet, so I knew the finish. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking up, and Axe goes, "Nice of you to show up," and winks at me, gives me a fist pump, and walks through the curtain. <laughs> and we had a 20 minute match. Wow. Um, that and and that is, it was one of my favorite matches that I've ever had. And uh, you know that to me, like um, you know just. Like, you know, just that to me, that is Axe Allward. You know, that is just he's able to do that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and another thing I'm going to say about him, I know we're going long people, but um, he uh, when I first met him, I was scared of him um, <laughs> because you heard all these horror stories about wrestling and, and guys would shoot on you and hurt you. And at APW, there was two different locker rooms. You know, we had, you know, we had the heel side and the baby. And we came out on separate sides. And um, Axe was always on the other side with Gaylord. And he was just the top heel. And he looked rough. I mean, he looked like somebody you would see on Sons of Anarchy at a bar that was going to burn your back, you know, or something. And uh, I'd always try to talk to him. And he would always blow me off. And um, so I had to work with him. And I was legit scared that he was going to beat me up and we tried to talk before he was real cold and short and and anyway then we had a really good match and he came up to me after and it was the first conversation we ever had and he shook my hand and he said you're really effing good Hmm. and i looked at him and i said thank you and he goes no you're really effing good and he said um i'm gonna ask if i can work with you and he turned and walked off and um i was like i thought i made it you know, yeah. because I mean, right. him and him and Shane Rich and Livewire were the guys, you right. know, yeah. they, they were the guys in Southern Illinois. And I was like, oh, my God, I have made it. Uh, and then we started working together and 
then we became friends and uh he's just to me he he is he he it to he is my goat and that is any level of wrestling he it to me is he he's the greatest and uh, of all time and uh and i just and and so no matter what list a stride wrestling list uh wwe list an SITW list max allworth's gonna be he's gonna be my number one he he is i get a lot of credit because of the places i've been and you know and i mean just not to mark myself but mark i mean i've I got to do a lot of really, really yeah. cool stuff. I mean, some of my, you know, you're on there. Shane Rich is on there. Axe is on there. Becky Lynch is on there. Adam Pierce is on there. I've got to do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but to me, there's no comparison between me as a wrestler and Axe as a wrestler. So that's my number one. Well, my number one was a, a hard choice, but I did go with uh, a former champion of Stride Pro Wrestling, uh, one of the most handsome, most prolific uh, members of the Stride roster, and that is myself. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I went with obviously with you uh, because obviously without Heath Hatton, there would have been no Stride Pro Wrestling. Um, and I'm not saying that to, to suck up because there's nothing to suck up for anymore because, uh, you know, you took all my money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of the people that we, we asked and, and they made lists and, and Heath Hatton was number one on a lot of those lists, definitely on all of the list and number one on most of them. Um, and I just feel like, uh, you know, with, without, when when you say stride pro wrestling, you always immediately associated it with Keith Hatton. Even when when you weren't there, um, there was that that feeling that Heath Hatton was still part of of the show. And I know that uh, you know you don't always take that kind of compliment, and and you're very humble in in, in your approach with everything. But I do think that uh, you know you're you're willingness to give people opportunity not only a first opportunity but you know there were people that got second and third chances that that came back to stride that maybe uh, a, a lesser person would not have uh, let them come back or, or wanted them to come back but you always you know did what was best for the business and for the storylines and you know putting that first and foremost and then putting you know schools and churches and youth groups and whatever other events or fundraisers that we could do again, like Jerry Travelstead, Heath Hatton is, is, is just as philanthropic and, and wanting to give back and help raise money. Um, and, and wrestling is a fun and easy way to easy. And, and the fact that you're not uh, selling a bunch of stuff, but you know, you're able to, to do that as well. So um, again, you, you put the, um, uh, wrestling and stride pro wrestling i don't know what i don't know what analogy i'm going for there but again without without heath hatton we're not here having this podcast talking about stride pro wrestling seven plus years later so again uh, thank you for all that you did for uh, not just me but for guys like sam hunter for guys like jim kelton um, giving us opportunities to do what we love in, in an environment and, and make new friends along the way so thank you for that um, well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it was, um, I, you know, I, I don't like to talk about myself. I like to talk about things that I've done, you know, uh, because I think they're really cool and, and interesting. And, and I think 12 year old me would want me to be proud uh, of what I've been able to do. 
Um, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm very happy with what we were able to do at stride. And, uh, you know, you talk about giving people second and third chances. Um, you know, a lot of times stuff was just misunderstanding, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, like I said, guys have egos and guys think that they're better than, than what they are, or, you know, and you have to have a little bit of that in wrestling. Uh, but sometimes you go somewhere else and you don't get what you want or, you know, and, and, you know, guys would come back around and, you know, they, you know, a lot of times they would just make that call, you know, say, I'm sorry, you know, um, you know, I mean, there was a time, you know, me and you had a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times I, um, I'm an introvert, you're an introvert. Like I'm not an express my feelings type of guy. You know, I mean, my wife was just telling me last night, she was mad. I wouldn't dance with her at this thing. And she's like, you're just such a, you know, you harbor your feelings. And I, I, I'm that guy. And, uh, but I, I am very thankful for what I was able to accomplish at stride, but more not for myself because I do know the things that I've done and the things I've accomplished. A lot of guys will never get to do. And I am thankful for that. Um, but I'm more thankful for the stories that I was able to tell for other people, you know, and, and that would be my advice to anybody starting a wrestling company is if you can keep the boys happy and just have a conversation with them and try to let them tell stories that they want to tell, because, you know, that's what it's all about to me. And, and, um, and that'll go a long way. Um, and the money that we were able to raise over a hundred thousand dollars, I never took a sponsorship mm -hmm. money. Right. I had people offer, we had people ask to invest and give us money. And I had somebody one time offer me money and I, and I directed her to, I had saw somebody posted online. They needed a sponsorship for a soccer team. Mm. And I messaged her that I thought she should give the money to them. Um, that's what, that's what stride was. It was a charity. I enjoyed giving, you know, money to other people. I didn't want to take money. I didn't want to make money. You took the money box. Mm. You saw what I did. I never took a dime. You know, I mean, you saw it. I mean, I, I never did. I never paid myself. And that's the honest to God truth. Um, I gave it to everybody else. If I made more, I gave it to the boys. I, I didn't. Um, I did stride for everybody else. And I hope that's the one thing that I'm remembered for is, or stride is, is when they think of me, they they don't remember me as being a, a, a good wrestler or amazing wrestler. I know I am. You know, I know I'm, I'm you know, probably the the greatest wrestler you've ever known but um i hope that they just remember me giving to other people me being loyal me being helpful me giving people an opportunity to live out their dream and and i hope that's what you know i'm remembered for stride remember for is giving to other people and not you know anything else you know there's so many wrestling companies that you know that guy's a scumbag that guy's a rip off or, you know, and I've never, I've never been labeled that, you know, and, and that, that speaks a lot, you know, to me. And, um, I still got more matches in me, you know, um, so, you know, look for Huntsberger and Hatton to, to lock up again and, and, and do some stuff, but, um, you know, stride will have matches here and there and there's other wrestling companies. You guys go check it out. And, 
that's my top 10 list. And, and you, if you weren't on it, um, no hard feelings, like you said, um, you know, I, um, you know, I, I just want you guys, you know, to know that we're very thankful. Me and you both are very thankful and Sam Hunter as well. You know, we are all very thankful for you giving us a, a platform and, and a place to go and, and wrestle and, and put on shows and to everybody who's bought a ticket, you know, thank you. And, to everybody that's wrestled thank you you know it means uh, it means the world to you know to me and everybody else yep couldn't have said it better myself uh, for heath hatton i am kevin huntsberger thanks for listening to this week's show and we will talk again soon this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network for more jittery shenanigans go to jitterymonkey.com. monkey.com